Folks, you know how we do. We always have amazing shows of amazing people from Maryland all over. In this episode, we're going to talk about something that's very popular in Baltimore and in the state of Maryland. Because guess what? Marijuana is legalized July 1st, 2023. And we're going to talk to one of the experts, I would say, who really showed me the light, showed me behind the scenes of what's going on. And she hopefully can explain a little bit more for people out there who might want to practice recreational, get a little bit more information out there. Folks, we'll be right back after these messages. When you give to United Way, your gift could be the first spark of something bigger. It can help someone find, interview for, and get hired for a job and provide follow-up services for success. It can break down educational barriers and give that extra help to a struggling student within school support programs. Give today. Spark something bigger. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carry out, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road, open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m., or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com, and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Dante. I told you we always have the heavy hitters coming in from Maryland. I'm so excited for this episode. Let me tell you, I'm in love with Mary Jane. Oh, I can't sing, but you know, she's my main thing. I'm singing, folks. I don't know why I'm singing, but we're going to talk a little bit about marijuana today. And I was like, who can I talk to when I think about marijuana and I can go to a, for medical use right now? What's the first thing that pops in my head? And I asked 10 different people and this shop kept on coming up. And those nine out of ten people knew about this one place. So without further ado, we have Curio Wellness in the house. Miss Wendy is in the house. She is the co-founder, chief brand officer, and director of public policy at Curio Wellness. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having us. Hey, I got it. I had to get you in. I'm, thank you so much. I know you have a busy schedule. Uh, you got a lot of things going on. Yes. So I'm definitely happy that you came to hang out with us today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. So tell me, like, you know, let's get a little bit Curio Wellness. So what is Curio Wellness? Tell people a little bit about that. I mean, how far back do you want me to start? Whatever you want to. We're, right. we're here to listen. So, okay. So Curio Wellness is a Maryland-based, Maryland-started. We're a family-owned and operated business. Um, so we grow, we process, and we have one uh, retail store in St- Timonium, Maryland. But as a growing processor, our products are available in dispensaries across the state. Um, we started this endeavor back in 2014 when we heard that a program was coming along here in Maryland. And that was primarily um, with me and my dad kind of working um, on this idea behind the scenes. We had a couple other people with us nights and weekends, some of which are still part of our team today. And then um, when they gave license awards, 
obviously everything kind of turned on and started. And then since we've been operational, um, we've been able to recruit both my sister and brother away from their previous roles um, in sales and in the legal world to be part of us. So now um, everyone but my mom, we all work together every day. I love it. It's like the song, I may be wrong. I'm a singer. Slide in the family. It's a family affair. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah exactly. See, this is a family affair. So that's really cool. Like, I really like hearing that. Like, everybody's like, hey, let's work together. Let's make something happen. Um, so the where did the name Curio Wellness come from? So uh, our marketing agency is a Baltimore-based agency named Planet. We started working with them um, actually back in 2015 when we heard that a, a application process and stuff was happening in the state. The, the rumors and chatter was you needed to have your whole brand built. You need to represent who you were going to be and what you would look like. And so we started that process even before we won a license. And um, in that exercise, one of the things, they gave us a lot of name choices, but one of the um, categories they had give, worked with that I had suggested was I wanted like a name that meant nothing where it was our responsibility to like make it mean everything. So like pretty lofty, but I said like, you know, you say Kleenex for a tissue, Starbucks for coffee, Google for web browsing and God knows what now. But, um, you know, like what could we just kind of own that wasn't as on the nose as something that used plants or green or, or anything kind of right in t um, line with the topic. And so this was a name that showed up on a list and it was a really pretty basic. Honestly, there was probably about six or seven of us at the time. And I sent out the list and I sent a survey and I said, send me your top five. And Curio showed up in everyone's list, regardless of where it was, it showed up in everyone's list. And I said, well, we all put this one in. Are you cool with it? And they were like, yes. And we're like, done. I love that. I love that. <laughs> that that's, that's so cool. So I did a little background research on you. You were like in the TV back in the day and marketing and whatnot. Total, total life change, huh? Yes. Well, <laughs> I mean, I came into this through the lens of the brand building and okay. marketing role. But yes, from uh, college, like from my college education and summer jobs until 2016, I worked in television. That's, that's so big difference, Logan, huh? Very, yeah, very different. Although I often refer to dispensary staff as kind of like our talent, like a la, like the, you know, being on a show and having actors because they are the customer facing. They need to be on, they need to be personable. Like, um, so they remind me a lot of like working with talent on, on the TV side, I guess. Nice, nice. Now, how many shops do you have in Maryland right now? We have one store. One store, In okay. Timonium, right. yes. And then, um, but our products are available at, 92 other stores okay so when you guys i mean you told me a really cool story i know we don't have time to tell a story but you know you got the license for medical you're ready to go you're like let's do this were you a little nervous was the team nervous it was like we don't, we're going to uncharted waters or because california and other states had already been going through it already you kind of felt a little bit good about what you guys are going through so we, in the time from when we started to look at this idea in 2014 to when pre-approvals came in 2016, mm -hmm. it was like a nights and weekends project. Okay. So there had been a lot of due diligence done. We had taken trips to places um, in other states where there were legal markets and we had seen facilities and we had recruited people to be part of the team. Who We, were all, we always look for people who are like uh, masters of their domain and then they're bringing it to our space. Um, and not most people have not come with cannabis experience. They just come with that departmental expertise. Um, and so we had, I think, I think we had confidence in the players we had to start it. 
and in the concept of the plan that we had and our acumen to operationally build and run something and and create scale but there are a million unknowns in this industry that come into play and because you've got this federal state conflict and you've got a topic that can be stigmatized it is it is a hard road to hoe for sure like it's there's a lot of uphill battles and some things where you're like why is this a thing but it is it is so like when you guys first opened were you guys just like was it slow with people getting medical cards or was it like the door open like you guys were just like so coming in and out like there were 20,000 people I think it was signed up as patients Mm -hmm. when the program started and that I think that was somewhat unexpected, but that was because of the delays. So the system to register went live before the program, mm. the eligibility to purchase was there. So people started to fill up and, and like kind of the momentum was building. And then I think we saw steady increases for a number of years, probably up to like the pandemic um, of month over month, meaningful increases in patients occurring um, in the last. And this program is like will be six years old in August. Wow. Wow. That's, that's been that long. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, so I will give you a shout out because I did a tour with you. Yes. And I felt like I was in the movie. Um, uh, uh, I have it on the tip of my tongue. Pineapple Express. Oh. And I don't know if you've seen the movie Pineapple I Express. I have. And remember, there's a section they went into. They went and they found the dispensary. And the guys were growing underground. And it was like him and... Seth Rogen was walking yeah. around. And I was like, wow. Like, I couldn't believe. I guess in my mind, I could not believe what I was seeing. Yeah. Because you know, you, you and in your mind, you have a thought of it. And you see it on the other AB, the Alphabet channels, a little quick view of it. Mm-hmm. But then when you go and see it, you're like, wow. Like, it, yeah. like I really, for a whole day, was just kind of like, I was, I can swear, it was a mind fuck. Yeah. Because I wasn't ready. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. Like, I wasn't ready to see how I mean. And, like, you are so knowledgeable of all the different strains, all the different things. Like, take it, take them through a little bit. It was just, like, mind-boggling. You're like, you know, the light has to be certain this time. The water, this, the seeds. You know, old school way, uh, quote, unquote, you got to get male and female seeds and get the seeds. You don't have to. You skip past that part. You guys clip it off. But... It was really cool to learn that thing. I, and I say thank you for taking a tour because I had a better appreciation of what you guys do. Yeah. And understanding like, wow, it takes a lot of work for it to get to where you guys get. I thought I thought the movie you were going to reference was Willy Wonka because there's like that Mike TV part Whoa, where they're yes. like in the white environment and the white stuff. And so like for obviously if you haven't kind of seen things <laughs> on our social or on our website and stuff, um, very hygienic, clean right. facility, very like pure environment. But yeah, I mean, the the cultivation side of it is we're growing plants that either the final product that harvest that bud is going to be purchased and smoked and used as um, you know, now medicine potentially in the future is like a recreational form, but then, um, it's also the raw material for any other products you make that come in some very dosage form. So if people are ingesting it, it's all about the purity of what we grow. So, you know, we don't use any pesticides. We have this very controlled hygienic environment, um, that we do it in it to ensure that safety and quality of the product. But yeah, you, we went through kind of the baby, 
like kind of could think of it as like the baby to the toddler to the teenager, so to speak, and its growth. Um, And there's a lot of variables that shift as the plant matures in terms of how you feed it and light it. Um, And of course, I think the thing that's always really surprising for people, and I usually say this on the on the tour is, you know, it's kind of like a lawn and garden center. It just smells like plants until you get to the mature state of the plant where the terpenes have evolved and then you start to smell cannabis. Right. That doesn't mean you don't smell when you leave, though. And that's what I thought. (laughs) Like, I I literally was like, well, I'm not smelling it right. Right. And you like just like you're saying, you're like, wow. And then like. It's like it's like they're for like they'll feel like they're like your children, yeah. The way you were described because you knew everything about each one, which was amazing. I'm like, but I guess that's your job. You gotta know well, because you're the yeah. brand. And you know. Well, there's a lot to know about it, but also like the nature of of like how the last um, five years have gone and what we do. You know, there's a lot of times where those of us who aren't it's not our day job to be in cultivation or in manufacturing but like when the team needs to rally the team rally so like we'll we'll step in and help out and do lots of different jobs so like i've trimmed i bottom pruned i do other things and i mean i personally very much enjoy there's definitely you know personalities i think align with it there there's zen um you know detail oriented repetitive tasks that i find very relaxing so i'm always like happy to to step in um, but yeah, I think doing the hands-on work and not just like knowing what we do is also what makes me more knowledgeable. No, I mean, again, I walked away blown away. Like just everything you, I mean, I was telling friends like, you never believe what I just saw. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't even explain it. It's just like, so I, de- I definitely get the Willy Wonka reference. I, 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 I was telling because Pirate was pressed when they went in that thing and it was yeah. a whole thing. It was like. What is this? I was like, oh, and I just, so that's what I thought yeah. about when you see And the that. light, the, the doors open, the lights, it <laughs> yeah. closes. It feels very that's, like, oh. That's how it felt. It was like, what is this? It's like how, but it was like you said, I mean, folks, we went through like, I had to get gloves, booties, all this. Oops, not, sorry, that's me. Mess, 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 oops, sorry. But um, just all that stuff going on as far as booties and cleaning up. And I was like, what is this? This is like Deep Space Nine, but it was really cool to really like just see all that and do it. So I appreciate it. My pleasure. I appreciate it. So what marijuana now is about to be legalized. It is now to a certain extent. We're going to talk about that and talk about how you guys feel about it and go from there. We'll right back out these messages, folks. No Picks After Dark is sponsored by Snug Books, an independent bookstore serving Northeast Baltimore and beyond. In addition to featuring new books for all ages, the store also carries cards, stationery, gifts, games, and more. Visit snugbooks.com to shop online, learn more about the store, read our latest newsletter, and find a calendar of events, or come browse the store in person. Snug Books is located at 4717 Harford Road, next to Zeke's Coffee in Hamilton, Laurelville. There is free parking behind the store. Open hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And folks, we are back uh, with a spirited conversation about medical marijuana and how it's about to be legalized. 
I'm with Miss Wendy. How are you, Miss Wendy? I'm good. This is a great conversation. I'm learning a lot. I hope the audience learn a lot. So let's get right into it. Let's find marijuana is legalized. Yes. All right. What does that mean for you and your company going forward? So for the last, what will be six, it'll be six years in August. So for nearly six years, we've sold in a medical um, environment. There's about 160,000 plus patients in the state. Um, so as of July 1st, anyone over 21 would be eligible to buy cannabis in a um, licensed dispensary. So the population of people that we can serve has grown exponentially. Um, I think we know that that's probably a, uh, there's a large in, uh, population of people who are interested in this. Um, we also believe that even though we've been in a medical zone, that adult use space is going to capture a lot of medical people. There are many people who weren't aware of the program, didn't want to register, all this stuff. But also, like, we just know people use cannabis because they want to sleep better, something hurts, the anxiety, just general relaxation, unwind. Um, and so I think they'll find that when they go there, what may even start as just a, a recreational use could very quickly migrate into, like, wow, I've got these quality of life improvements when I use this dosage form or this type of product or this potency. So I think, you know, hopefully there's going to be a lot of a lot of interest in what we offer. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people are very excited. They got voted overwhelmingly in the state of Maryland. People want it. They want to make sure. How does it feel like to know like now it's legalized from a business standpoint and like you they're like people say, what do you do for a living? Like, like, what do you say? Like when people and you're like, what do you do for a living? They're like, are you like, like, I think of the movie weeds, that show, right. show weeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like the mom, house mom right. who's selling weed, but you're legal, a legal drug dealer. Yeah. Is that, when, like, it, is, it is definitely, look, as a, as a child of the dare era, it is <laughs> Nancy definitely, Reagan, shout out. <laughs> it's, it's definitely like, um, an interesting place to have landed. Um, but I think because, I mean, in full disclosure, like I smoked pot for the first time when I was 16 and I have used it probably since then consistently in some fashion. Um, but I think because our bent has always been through this like quality of life and therapeutics, it's very rewarding when you see how like instrumental can be in changing um, s someone's life and, and helping their condition. I mean, you just in those early days when we would gather in like town halls with the company and we would get, because we were getting such immediate feedback from dispensaries as people were buying, you would just hear these stories that were like remarkable about how somebody's life was just so dramatically impacted mm. that there is a very rewarding aspect that I don't think is always thought of because people just think about getting high, but right. there's definitely more there. Um, and I think like it's exciting to be, you know, from Maryland, from Baltimore, build something here. You know, we've we've created like 250 jobs. We're really mm. focused on like building career paths and like longevity for people. Um, you know, it's we're kind of like sometimes I compare it to like the dot com and that we're an industry that didn't exist and then we existed. And so there's so much opportunity if you're if you're getting into the space, you know, there's I think upward mobility and companies can move faster than long established um, businesses. So there's just like a lot of exciting pieces to the puzzle. Nice, nice. So we think about it's going to be legalized. People are going to be excited. Big thing is some some things that common things that they've wanted to go and shop 
in your establishment, you can't use a credit card, correct? Correct. Is that or has that changed yet? You can't use credit cards in the dispensary. Um, There are some. There are. So there's obviously cash, right? Cash. Um, but there are other options. There are cashless ATM systems where basically your debit card is being used. Um, there are oftentimes ATMs in the dispensary just for the ease of having that access to cash. There are private systems that have been created. So, for example, um, a company called Dutchy, that is a software company for our industry, has um, something called Dutchy Pay, and we have that in our dispensary. And so that again is like a digital cashless way where you would sign up. You're connecting your um, financial resources to it, and then you don't have to come in and use cash to buy. So there's de- it's very it is depending on the dispensary and the services they offer, you can buy in a cashless way. Okay. You just can't use a credit card. Okay. No, no, no Apple pay, huh? No, <laughs> I wish. Now in our, in our wellness center in the front where we just have regular retail, um, you can use Apple pay there. Okay. Okay. You can use Apple pay. Okay. Just curious about that. And you know, I remember you were telling me about something really cool that you guys have going on right now with uh, other people who want to do other dispensaries. You had, Another person. Oh, uh, franchise. Yes. Please talk a little bit about okay. that. That was really cool about this. It's really, I, I like the idea of it. So as a dispensary operator and a wholesaler, um, years ago in this process, we sort of recognized um, this industry. It, there's a lot of moving parts. It's not an easy business to start or, or to uh, participate in day over day. And so we kind of felt like it in increasing um, independent ownership and ability to succeed, could we package and franchise what we've figured out in our dispensary, mostly because we had something that was working, we liked the model, we liked the, the way we were approaching the customer and their needs, um, but also servicing so many dispensaries, we could see kind of where where it's easier, where it's harder, and how we could like bridge that gap. And so it started off as a way to increase um, independent ownership and diverse ownership would be to franchise the model. And as a brand, we felt like, well, it's not as important to own the asset as it is to proliferate an experience for customers that's high quality um, and dependable and feels like of their community and in their neighborhood. Then the other issue that has plagued the industry is access to capital. Mm. And so you can't you can't go to a bank and get a loan like you can in a traditional business. So you really it either requires like kind of private investment um, and which usually comes with some track record of business so that people are willing to invest in you mm-hmm. or your own private funds that you're going to put up for it. So. In order to solve that, we created a multi-million dollar fund that we could use to provide women, um, BIPOC, and disabled veteran candidates with the startup capital they need to open one of these dispensaries. And then as an owner-operator franchisee, you'd make uh, a salary for as a kind of lead employee of the store and then the profits from your um, operations would pay down your loan and you could exit that um, in as early as three years or as many as seven so it's a kickstarter and now you're just a regular franchisee who pays you know annual franchise and royalty fees and operate your business like you would a subway mcdonald's things like that i I love hearing that 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 is great for all those people who are thinking about entrepreneurs and trying to Get something like this. This is a great way. I yeah. Love that. So we have, um, we actually have someone in Mississippi 
who is under construction. Mm. Um, and then we have candidates in Massachusetts and New Jersey who are on deck. We've had over a thousand applications wow. since we launched it about a year or two ago, two years ago now. Um, so yeah, it's been very exciting. And I think because a lot of people appreciate well one the fund is a huge driver mm -hmm. there are franchisees who need the fund or don't need the fund in the mix but the fund is a huge driver but i think also people who have the desire to be in the space but it's like i don't have to figure out everything i'm gonna have mm. a toolkit to use uh kind of accelerates their activation of a license i, lo I love hearing that and again that's really cool it makes me want to think about doing something like that. <laughs> if I was a little bit younger, I probably could do it, but not right now. But I, I like that. Let's talk about, like, you guys, July 1st is coming around the corner. What are some things you worry about? What's some things you're thinking in the back of your head? Like, is this going to work out perfectly? The hiccups, you're going to go through it. Is there something that you're thinking about right now that's coming up? Like, so, it's, it's, it's coming around the corner. It like, is. It's going to be like... Um, the 4th of July, literally, yeah. for people in the state of Maryland. Yeah, and it is like the weekend leading into 4th right. of July. So, and I can tell you, in the past <laughs> five years of, of the medical industry, we have noticed that whenever you have like a long weekend or a, a holiday, really, of any nature, that there's a day off of work, those are weekends that peak sales. Um, so this being like the weekend leading into July 4th and the launch, yeah, it's probably going to be pretty crazy. Um, I think the biggest concern is sort of, we're in a bit, we're in a little bit of a vacuum right now. So the law defined several pieces of this program, but then there are regulations that we need to understand the next steps. Mm. And one of the key pieces of that puzzle is product distinction between medical and adult use, specifically as it would relate to any distinctions in potency and that's something that the operators don't yet know we haven't been given that information i think there is a large assumption that 10 milligrams might be that number 10 milligrams being the the max for an adult use um, consumer versus the higher potencies available for medical patients but it's not yet determined and that obviously impacts us as we're trying to prepare and build inventory we don't really know where the line in the sand is on what we have to increase relative to the kind of new audience who's going to come in probably you know in the hundreds of thousands excuse me or millions of people um versus the hundred sixty thousand we're already working with that's probably one of the biggest kind of unknowns for us um but you know we have been kind of persevering ahead um we have regular kind of adult use planning meetings going on at this point for all facets of the bill um the business um and kind of ramping up our production beyond where we were we've always operated under this kind of cliche of you you can't sell from an empty wagon mm. because when we looked at this industry and we visited other states one of the things we saw was there would be like holes on the shelves mm. and so Coming from a more traditional background, you know, it's like you don't go into the grocery store and they're out of like Heinz ketchup and then <laughs> the the grocer's like, I don't know when I'm getting it in, you know. So there's it's people expected to be there. So we've always started from a place of scale and the ability to consistently supply the dispensaries with what they need. So our focus is like, you know, this hits. We can't be a supplier who is short on um, inventory for any dispensary and we need to be readily available to resupply them depending on the cadence that this moves. Um, 
I was actually talking to the news yesterday because of the 420 holiday <laughs> and um, pe- they asked a question about this. And I, I think the one counsel I gave was like, well, if you're a medical patient, I think you should probably buy by June 30th because, you know, why put yourself through the craziness of it's like when the new iPhone comes out, right. you know, if you already had it or could have it, why would you have waited in the line overnight with all the people? Right. So I think I think they may want to stay away from the madness those first 48 hours. Uh-huh. Um but I, I think it's going to be exciting and busy. I, I think anyone who comes to shop when it starts should probably be prepared for that. But I believe most dispensaries are really thinking about how they need to um, kind of enhance their operations to meet the high demand of so many more people being at the store than w- what we've been used to. I mean, I will tell you, you know, I have visited a lot of different states and went to different dispensaries. And just learned a lot about different ones. I remember I was in San Diego and they had a tour bus. I, it blew my mind. A tour bus dropped them off at the dispensary. And I was like, this Like they're is... on a beer crawler. Yeah. <laughs> like literally a beer crawl. And I'm sitting here like, wow. And it was like a regular day. It wasn't like, it was like that. And every dispensary I went to in California was busy yeah. all the time. Another thing in California that was different was people always complained in Maryland. I could smell it. Not really, because when I didn't really smell it around, like I didn't smell it in California. Like I didn't, I was at places. It wasn't like people were outside. People walk around Baltimore City doing it all the time. People walk in DC. I mean, it's legal there, but I don't think the misconception people are like, oh, people are going to be zombies walking around. No, people are not going to be yeah. zombies. And the law wouldn't allow, doesn't allow that. Right, right? It's, right. You have personal possession limits. You know, you're you're not supposed to be operating any type of motor vehicle right. or boat or aircraft or anything like that. Um, you know, you're not free to walk around the streets and do it. Um, so it it is a more the law is meant to keep things more controlled, but your access is unfettered. And ideally, the sort of bigger picture of that is that all of the stigmatization and um, kind of persecution of individuals relative to the possession of this plant is mitigated moving forward because right. it is legal. And, and that's one thing I really, I really want is that I talked to uh, Maryland state attorney general, Anthony Brown. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of black and brown people that are in jail right now because of a gram or ounce of marijuana. Well, what are we going to do about that? It's ridiculous. We see people out here who own shops now who are making doing really well for themselves we'll be doing it it's like aaron i would love to do a right away expunge right away that's what i would like to do yeah unfortunately i can't do that but we over that's something that we're going to fix right away well there's also the um you know we'll see what happens on the federal level i don't give them uh, too much hope no but (laughs) no pun intended but the hope act was just reintroduced um this past week which focuses on giving money to states to address expungement because, yes. you know, anyone who has been um, uh, arrested and, and jailed for cannabis on a federal level is, is you're talking more like large cartel right. kind of stuff. That's but different. but state level stuff is really where the problem is. And so the systems and the funds need to be there to address that to, you know, it's mountains of paperwork and right. i assume probably not digitized right so. <laughs> exactly so think about that and think about the people who can't afford to hire a lawyer can't right. afford and that's what's really for me like i'm like if it's legalized we need to pick that t- taken care of. and you know what i would love to see people who had that in the record and they couldn't get a job 
to get jobs at dispensaries because like i feel like you know what like you and the you got a record you couldn't get a job listen like i think that don't quote me on this but i believe there was something in the bill that rectified um i thought some level of low level offenses because right now you're right we can't so anyone who works in the industry has to go through background check and fingerprinting and things like that and so if you have any record tied to it you're not in. Right. Um, we, we can't hire you. And I think that there was something in the bill to help sort of lift those, start to lift those parameters. Right, right. So uh, now here's, this is going to sound like a crazy question. It may not be. If you work, say for instance, they apply for your company, do they have to go through a drug test also? So. <laughs> is that kind of like, I guess, how does that look? How does that seem? Yeah. That- so drug testing was identified in the bill as well, and it is at the mercy of all employers. Okay, gotcha. um, So it's just kind of your practice. I mean, like, look, you can't be, um, you can't be under the influence working right. for us, right? Like, we have heavy machinery, automation, forklifts, things right. like that. I mean, it's just not appropriate. Um, but that would be the same as like you know, drinking or prescription meds or anything like that, right? No, no, no. It just, it just yeah. one of those things where it's like, oh, because the the MMCC did, which sorry, for anyone no, that's good. our that's our regulator. Okay. Um, they did address that in the past year because prior to that, we were having this process of having to drug test employees as part of the parameters, and then there are many people who work in the industry who are patients, and they right. realize, to your point of kind of this like oxymoronic piece, they did alleviate that as a requirement. Good. So now it just falls under. What is the what is the law in this adult use bill? Which is an employer has the right to do whatever they want. Right, right. And a lot of parent, a lot of patients, a lot of people I know that take a medical because they need it. Right. And that's something. What there's again is for the employer. And so, that was honestly like in the five years or so that it's been leading up to this legalization, there were many times in the legislature where there were bills that dealt with like employee drug testing, workman's comp, a bunch of different issues that kept getting overlooked, and I would always get frustrated because I would think these are the items we should chip away at because mm-hmm. eventually we're going to get to adult use and we would have checked those boxes. We don't have to figure everything out when we do it. We would have figured them out before, but yeah, I definitely, we- I definitely, I definitely get it. I definitely appreciate it. So you, what do you want people to walk away with from this interview? Like when just listening to you and listening to what you ask, I forgot the name of the retail stores, far and dar. Correct. Oh yeah. Far and dar. Thank you. We didn't say that far and daughter. Yeah. I had to make sure we that said that is, uh, in case that sounded weird to you, that is Swedish. Um, for far and daughter, uh, for far and daughter, that is sweet. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I am thirty-seven weeks pregnant. My apologies. Um, that is Swedish for father and daughter. So that's a nod to our our family roots um, and to the kind of goals we have with the franchise of like different families creating their own businesses and their own generational wealth through that program. Um, the brand that you would look for in a dispensary is called Curio Wellness. Um, it's all, you probably should also know that in the cannabis industry, um, it's very common to license brands that you might know from out of state. So if you see products like Mary's, Dixie, Caviar, Smokies, um, Edie Parker, those are all going to be coming from us, uh, produced in our facilities. Um, we operate under CGMP, which is aligned with FDA standards, um, for our production. So we really take the process and the quality very seriously in terms of delivering that product to patients and ensuring that safety. Mm. Um, but, um, it's been a really, we have a great team. 
Um, you know, we're going to be hiring more people as this grows. So if people are interested in this industry, um, we welcome all the applications that, that can come our way. Um, I think it's going to be an exciting time. I think probably have to have a little bit of grace for the dispensaries in those early days. It's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be busy. And, um, but I think it's, it should be a really great start and something new for the state. What are the hours of the of the retail establishment? Do you know about that? Um, yeah, so uh, we open at 10 a.m. on weekdays okay. and 9 a.m. on uh, weekends um, and close at 8 and 7, respectively. So I had to look at the calendar, and I just realized, like, like you said earlier, I didn't realize July 1st is on a Saturday. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> it's intense. It's it's right before July and 4th, off. and it's a Saturday. Like, everybody's taking off. You know, it's not a Tuesday when you're like, can I get there? Right. Yes. Um, and we did when Grace, when medical please. started that opened I think on a I think Dece- it was December first and I think that was a Friday, yeah. so equally I guess we sort of had a dry run but that was like twenty thousand people across the state. This is right. like I think there's over four million people who are over twenty one. Right. Doesn't mean everyone's interested, but a very different number of people. Very different number of people, and it's going to be an experience and a half. And I'm so excited for you guys. Thank you for your time because I know you're busy. You got a lot of things going on. And it's going to be a great summer for you guys. I feel like it's going to be hitting your stride July 1st. And then here's the crazy thought. Well, you have to be over 18 to purchase, correct? And stay 21. Oh, 21. 18 for medical, 21 for adult use. When college comes back in session, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. The one thing I actually think we didn't say that probably should provide some light on is the distinction for the two programs. Okay. Go ahead. So medical, um, you certify with the, uh, with the state. You get a card. It's good for... Uh, six years, $25 to certify. You have no tax on any of your purchases and you would have the full menu at your disposal when you go to a dispensary um, and likely have a prioritized um, either time of service or uh, place in the queue in a dispensary. Um, adult use, you're going to have a 9% tax on all purchases and then you likely will have some cap on that potency that medical doesn't experience. Um, so that's really where the line in the sand is that all is experienced at the dispensary level. Um, so you would identify, you'd show your ID and identify yourself as medical or adult use at the time of purchase. I don't need to say anything else. You dropped, you dropped the jewels and gems right there. Thank you so much. Where can we find you guys on websites, IG, TikTok, and all that good stuff? All right. Uh, CurioWellness.com, <laughs> FARDaughter, that's F-A-R-D-O-T-T-E-R.com for the uh, Wellness Center Dispensary. Um, both are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, for the job side, uh, we have a careers page on our website. If you go to CurioWellness.com, um, you go to careers under the about tab and you can see all open positions. All right. You heard it here first. And I might be making a surprise visit in January 1st, July 1st, July, July 1st, <laughs> maybe a surprise visit there. We'll see. Thank you so much Thank Ms. Wendy, you. for taking time out of your day. Folks, you heard it here first. Love, peace. We're out. Never seen so many riches in-